welcome to Up Forest and Human, the podcast. I am your host, Miranda Hannon, and here we talk about everything that is real and raw. From motherhood to herbology and everything in between, this podcast is story medicine. So sit back and relax or pop an earphone in while you wash the dishes. These next several moments are about to be great. Hey everybody and welcome back to my podcast. Today's episode is extra special because I will be interviewing our first ever guest, Maggie Toksas. Maggie is a very dear friend of mine that I have made here within the last year and a half and the minute I met her and started talking, I knew instantly we were kindred spirits. Maggie is one of the most driven women I have ever met and her passion is evident in every single thing she touches. Not only is she a small business owner with her husband, but she is a thriving small business owner. She is environmentally conscious, working towards being mostly self-sustainable, and definitely lives a life against the status quo. Her ability to dive deep into conversation with wisdom and openness is far beyond her years. An old soul for sure. She is creative, kind, gentle, and incredibly intuitive. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this started. Maggie, thank you so much for being here today. Wow, Miranda, you're one of my favorite people and I can't thank you enough for having me. Yes. Um, So most people who are listening to this have no idea who you are. So if you could just introduce yourself, tell me, um, just tell me what you do, what you enjoy doing, what you and your husband do. Awesome. Well, I'm Maggie. Um, I'm a wife, a sister, a friend, um, a barefoot walker, a wannabe <laughs> homesteader. Um, I'm realizing I'm branching out in a lot of different directions and who I am. But um, my husband and I have been together for a long time. We met when I was only 17. And um, we met in our small town back in Georgia. We took care of my dad for four years through cancer treatments and after he passed, we wanted to just kind of simplify our lives. So we moved out to the Colorado mountains and yeah, we've just been building out a homestead and getting in touch with nature and just healing in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, where did you grow up? So we both grew up in the same hometown. Um, it's just South of Atlanta. Um, they call it the bubble because it's just a small little town where everybody knows everybody, everybody <laughs> else. Um, you know, you go to the grocery store and you can't get out because you're just talking to every single person. But um, we grew up there. It was a very safe place, a very kind of sheltered place. Um, everybody drove golf carts, which was kind of the only thing to do around town. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds very um, Midwestern, Southern. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Kind of a typical like southern town, I'd say. Yeah. Um what was life like as a kid? What did you enjoy doing? Um I'm the youngest of 5 kids and we are all within 7 years. So life was always really busy and full as a kid. Um everybody played sports. My dad coached everybody's soccer team. Um you know, we went to church on Sundays, we went to the church picnics, we went, you know, we were pretty active in the community. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty, it was a busy, 
life, I feel like. Right, right. Um, so the part when I first met you that so caught my attention is you and Adam living in the city, right? Living in Atlanta. Yep. Um, how long did you live there and what did you do? And when did you decide that city life was not for you? Oh, gosh. We lived in Atlanta. Adam went to college in Atlanta. He's four years older than me. So he lived there for probably nine or 10 years. Um, I lived there for around seven. Um, but yeah, gosh, we we kind of worked in all different areas. We waited tables. Um, I was a nanny. Um, I took care of my dad for four years. So that was kind of a full-time job on its on its own. Um, but at the same time, I was also nannying. Um, and yeah, then we eventually ended up in Decatur where we were working at a screen printing shop and Adam had worked in screen printing shops before and he was kind of like the head printer at the shop. So he learned a lot of the production side where I was in the office learning a lot of the office side of things. Um, so that's what led us to opening our own print shop. And did you open that in Atlanta? We did. We opened it in Atlanta, but we opened it as a Colorado business. And we would just take trips out to Colorado and meet with people. Um, There's a few times that we had to actually pack shirts and hand deliver them. And we just, we had to fly out there like the next day. So that was, it was a little crazy doing it, printing in Atlanta for Colorado businesses. But um, we had to do that for about six or seven months before we finally moved out here. And you waited to move out here until your dad. I know that you were so close with your dad. Yeah. Um, so you took care of him through cancer. And then once he passed on, then you, then you guys moved out here? Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, so it was about six months or so after he passed. And um, honestly, it was a perfect move for us. Atlanta had just gotten, it was just a very toxic family environment and we needed to get out so that way we could heal because it was just such a, it was such a life-changing loss, you know? So um, we needed to move move away and kind of just start over and it happened at the perfect time. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we waited to move out. We, we didn't want to leave my dad, um, you know, as he was passing or anything. Right. And your dad, um, was he an artist as well? So my dad was actually, he had a photography studio. He did a lot of sports photography. Um, but he was also a small business owner. Do you think that's where you got it? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Um, so you, you found land in like the most random part of Colorado. So if, <laughs> so if you're listening, we live in Westcliff. Well, I live in Westcliff. Maggie lives in Cotopaxi. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And Westcliff has a population of 800 people. And I think Cotopaxi has a population of like 50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they are neighboring, they're neighboring towns. So how did you find and how did you know like, okay, this is the spot that we are going to go. Cause I mean, it, it was just kind of intuition, wasn't it? It absolutely was. So we did <clears throat> not even see the house before we bought it. We bought it sight unseen and then just moved straight out here. Um, but like you're saying, we just, 
even from pictures, we just knew it was a special place and, um, you know, that we could turn it into what we were wanting it to be, if that makes sense. And as far as finding it, my father-in-law actually found the listing and sent it to us and, um, you know, just said like, this is a great, it looks like a great spot and it's a great, it was a really great price too. Um, you know, we couldn't have afforded to live in the city, honestly. So this was a place that we could really put down our roots and afford. And, um, you know, we got really, really lucky because the pictures online did not do it justice. I love your house and your property. It's amazing. (laughs) It is, it looks like a little like witch's cottage tucked in the woods. (laughs) So good. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely our happy place. Yeah. So were you what were like your biggest fears? I mean, when, when you're used, you said like seven or to 10 years, you guys lived in Atlanta. So you had all the conveniences of living in the city yes. and then we're just tired of the city and the toxicity that came with that and other people and moved to a place that was so foreign to you. What were like your biggest fears or did you have any? So honestly, we didn't even realize how far we were until we got out here. Oh yeah. Cause you hadn't seen it. Yeah. So we didn't know how far the grocery store would be or the gas station or anything like that. Um, so going into it, we didn't really think about it. Um, but getting out here, I think the biggest change has just been like being prepared and making a list and making sure you stock up on certain things. Um, especially for the winter. But otherwise, I feel like we go with the flow pretty well and we can just kind of blend in wherever we are. (laughs) Oh, definitely. But it wasn't wasn't really necessarily a big curve for us. Um, Yeah. Yeah, especially not seeing it before we moved out here. We we really had no idea. So... So then you moved to this cute little house and you're way far away. What were the biggest learning curves? Because you guys moved here and then COVID hit, which is like even further isolation. Yeah. So a big thing, we were really close to um, Adam's parents when we lived back home. Um, Adam's dad lived right down the road from us. So we would always go and go over to their house for dinner and, you know, he would always stop by and we always saw him a lot. So I think the biggest thing, the adjustment was just being away from, um, you know, that sense of like family being close. Um, but the learning curves, yeah, I would say definitely the grocery store just being stocked up. How far um, away, how far away are you right now from a grocery store? Uh, we're about 40 minutes, I would say. Okay. And that's in, that's like Westcliff's grocery store. So. Right. That's not so a, a tiny little mom and pop grocery yeah. store. So like from a Walmart. Or... Uh, from a Walmart, we're about uh, around an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then Target, we looked up Target the other day and it's like an hour and a half each way. We're like, well, I guess we're not going to Target. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been in three years. But. You know what? I It's so funny you mentioned Target specifically because I realized the other day I have not shopped at Target in – I haven't even been into a Target store in like a, in a 
year and a half, Isn't two years wild? almost. And at one point, I remember when I nannied, they lived right next to a super target. So it was so nice. And we would go like every other day and just yeah. walk around. And I'm like, the consumerism, um, I did not think I was like, you know, a modern day consumer until I moved out here, you know. And then when you're so far away from anything, because like we're an hour and 20 minutes away from a grocery store. And when you're so far away, um, you you just don't buy anything. And so exactly. that was such a amazing like life lesson is really to be conscious and Westcliff is there are like what two chain stores and it's dollar general and like ace (laughs) ace hardware and so you just really gain a different appreciation for small businesses yeah Um, and want to support them and not like the big stores for sure um oh Oh, your business. So you come here. That's what I was going to talk about. Um, So you move out here and you move your business with you. And how do you market or advertise? Because being so isolated while you're, when your biggest, um, when one of the biggest jobs you have is like connecting with clients. Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of it has been on social media where we try to send a message or comment something that stands out um, or is more personal. Um, that's, that's that side of social media. But otherwise, we'll take a day to go drive to Salida, which has a ton of businesses. Um, and, you know, we'll go pass out samples. We'll go sit down and talk to people one-on-one. Um, you know, we it's always good to meet face-to-face. So we try to to make the drives to go do that. Um, which since we've lived here, Salida has been a great source um, of clients for us. I mean, we work with a ton of businesses over there and it's close enough to where, you know, we can go drive over there for the day if we need to, which has been really helpful. Right. Um, so actually speaking on business, I wanted to dive into just a little bit. Um, what do clients want from a business? Just in case we have any startup business owners listening, like what do clients want from a business and, um, how do you, how are you different than other, um, businesses in your area of expertise? (laughs) I think the clients want people who are honest, um, and we'll be up front. Um, and also somebody who is more personal and, you know, you can email blast people and copy and paste the same email, but if you take the time to add, you know, a little personal note, um, it really does make a difference. And I mean, we've gone as far as one client that we were trying to get for probably three or four months, they had posted something on their social media about a um a salt gun where you put salt in it and you shoot bugs and (laughs) we looked it up and apparently there was a laser that you could attach to the gun so we commented on the post and said oh do you have the laser and they said nope like kind of stern like don't talk to us kind of thing so we ordered a laser and sent it to the brewery and within a week, they were placing an order with us. And they were like, that was so cool of you guys to do. And they were super, super, everything kind of switched then. And, um, you know, they've been our one of our clients for four years now. Wow. 
That's incredible. So I think just doing personal <laughs> things like that and going, going out of your way, not being scared to spend a little money to get a big client, if that makes sense. You know, the, right. the little laser thing might have been $20. And at the time we were eating rice and beans trying to start a business, but yeah, it paid off so much in the long run. You know, as I'm like listening to you talk, do you think you and Adam are risk takers? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because it's a risk to do that, to reach out and, you know, to somebody who's a big client. And it's a risk to, you know, move from family and city life all the way out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like risk. <laughs> but also, I don't think I'm afraid to hear no, whereas a lot of people might be scared to hear that, um, you know, like be turned down in that way. Whereas I'll talk to anybody about, about printing, you know, I'm not necessarily scared to bring it up. Um, Whereas more people might be timid to get a negative response. Whereas I'm like, okay, I'll I'll talk to you soon. You know, I'm not going to go away. So yeah. Yeah. Or it's just not meant to be. And that's fine too. Yeah, that's fine too. (laughs) And you can always feel out and, you know, kind of, if you're intuitive, you can kind of pick that up immediately. Right. Totally. Um, I think I'm going to ask you something that's not in the list of questions I sent you, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, with, you know, you guys, you guys moved out here and I think when COVID hit, there were so many people that suddenly were like forced to spend time with their families. And since COVID have been more family minded and that's just one example, but, um, you, you and Adam have, let me, let me think about how I want to say this. You guys have a life that I think a lot of people really, really look up to and really desire a simple life running your own business. You guys make art. I want to talk about Adam at the end of this too, with his hit with his recent success, (laughs) but, but, um, what can you tell somebody who, maybe has a life that they're not fully enjoying or that they're just okay with. And um, just what wisdom do you have for, for somebody who's just a little scared to just go for it? Oh man, that we can really do, we can create whatever life we want and it all starts with how you think and how you, um, really just how you think of yourself and your life now and the life that you want. Um, I think staying positive and in whatever situation you're in is a huge part of it as well. And just showing the universe that, you know, you'll work towards it and stay positive through anything that's thrown at you. And um, I think all that, kind of builds up and at some point um, you're rewarded for it. Um, Do you you think um, it's beneficial to have like a big plan mapped out or to just go do it? Not necessarily. I mean, so we, we didn't necessarily have a huge plan for our print shop. We just thought we wanted to work for ourselves and we both know how to do this side of business. And so we just kind of went for it and, yeah, I mean, we didn't necessarily think too much about it and we never thought about it failing. 
Um, I remember one person asked us what happens if it all goes wrong. And Adam and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh, we haven't even thought about that. So I mean, I guess (laughs) that's not going to happen. So I think like fully believing in yourself and yeah, I mean, just staying super positive and like manifesting it, you know, like thinking about it every day. And instead of thinking negatively about anything, um, you know, just think about the life that you want in such a positive light that that becomes your reality. Hmm. That's really good. Um, you, aside from, cause you sort of started, um, I know that you love art and it's a dream for you to just do creative things all the time. You've started woodworking, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have a little woodworking shop and, um, and that's just going along with, for, for those of you listening, you guys do not even understand the extent to which Maggie and Adam are so creative. (laughs) Walking into their house is like, literally, it feels like you're in a magazine, like (laughs) some kind of an art, like (laughs) magazine. It's, it's phenomenal. So, um, you know, one, one person one time told us when we were younger, Josiah and I, that sometimes you have a dream just to lead you to another dream. Um, and that we didn't understand it at the time, but now we do, you know, now that we thought we knew what we wanted and it's been altered and now we're here at this incredible place. Um, and so you, your print shop has, I don't know, I feel like given you the ability to really branch out and do other things that you want too. Absolutely. So you're woodworking and then, um, and I'm going to have Maggie's shop lifted, listed in the show notes here. And then tell us about Adam. Oh my gosh. Well, he's been creating forever. Um, he's, he's like literally done everything. He, he draws, he paints, he builds, he, he also does woodworking. I mean, he can, he can literally do anything creative. Um, but he's always been incredible at drawing these very funky, unique creatures that are similar to like street art style, um, graffiti style. And, um, yeah, in the last year and a half or so, he's gotten more serious about it and he's been selling, posting online and being, you know, asked to be a part of these communities and, um, accepted into really incredible shows. And it's just kind of reinforced that drive in him to, um, to be a full-time artist, you know, as, as soon as, that can possibly happen. Yeah. And <clears throat> you're being humble about it, but Adam was <laughs> chosen, right? Isn't that how it worked? Yes. Tell us about New York. Yes. So Adam was chosen. His artwork was shown in Times Square. Um, yeah, it was incredible, which if you follow my page, I was not being humble about it. <laughs> <laughs> you had every right to brag. Yes, it was really incredible. I mean, it was in in Times Square for a whole week, and um, it was a tower that sh- that was a digital screen that showed, I think it was three or four pieces of art at the time, and, um, you know, his name and painting was right on top, and it was there for, yeah, like four, four or five days or something. It was... Uh-huh. And it's it brought was- business, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, his, his paintings have definitely um, gotten more attention and, you know, he had, he had a lot of sales after he was featured there. So, I mean, it was a huge accomplishment for him. And I mean, he was like, he was cartwheeling around the house. I've never seen him so happy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just, I have to tell you, your, your and Adam's story is just so inspiring like living in the city just doing normal people life you know living paycheck to paycheck I don't know if you were but tons of different jobs you know living paycheck to paycheck I feel like there's so many people in that situation and and then here you are with your own land and your own house living this incredible life of art and creativity you guys everything every single thing Maggie touches into a beautiful like display even even their greenhouse like how do you make a greenhouse (laughs) so beautiful they dug like this big hole in their yard and it's like going inside of it it's just bursting with green and (laughs) they've made this like walkway with these sticks oh my gosh it's just amazing um but you you've done all of this and you're in your 20s yeah you you did not wait to pursue the life you wanted you just went for it well I think a big part of that too is taking care of my dad and seeing somebody go through that go through cancer and go through um you know being told there's you know well you only have this much longer and you know I really was right there next to him as he got this news and he um you know, he, it never, he never showed any sort of negative emotion. If anything, he just, he was more positive. He was funnier. He was happier. And, um, I think that was a big part of, first of all, why I, I, I say positive and also, um, you know, why we've lived the life we live. Right. Yeah. What an, an, I'm so sorry for your dad's passing. Um, and he, you know, he's left such a legacy. Oh, I feel like his legacy absolutely. lives on through you. It, it does. Every single thing you do. I don't know. I never got to meet your dad in real life. But if I met him, I'm sure I would say, oh, my gosh, that is so Maggie's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. He was a good one. But, um, yeah, I mean, anything. We were in some really hard situations. And, um, you know, we were we tried our best to stay positive and I think that's what, why the universe like gave us. Well, you know, also, and, um, I want to just mention this. It's not just like a, not like a toxic positivity. Cause I know I've talked with you more about that, but more like a realistic positivity. Um, I think that, and I feel like the term toxic positivity is so thrown around, but I remember, when I was going through cancer, they were like, oh, well, hey, at least it's not stage four, <laughs> yeah. you know, all of this. But you guys had a realistic, um, mature, positive outlook. And it was kind of like a we can sit and dwell or we can make the most of this. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. that's still how we live. You know, it's like every day is there's obviously stuff that happens out here that's not awesome <clears throat> and we have hard situations to get through just like everybody, but yeah, trying to find any sort of good and just knowing it doesn't last. That's a huge, um, huge card. 
Yeah, nothing is permanent, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, well, Maggie, thank you so much for being on here. I'm sure every single person who is listening feels so inspired and I am just in total all of you. You are one of the greatest friends I've ever had. You're just amazing. Oh. And um, thanks for coming on here and sharing your story. Of course. Thank you for having me. And like yeah. I said, you are one of my favorite people. And I'm so happy we met and connected out here. Yes, totally. Okay. Thanks, Maggie. Awesome. Bye. for joining me on another episode of of forest and human if this podcast sparks curiosity i warmly invite you to my website of forestandhuman.com where i offer incredibly potent wildcrafted herbal body oils serums tinctures and salve if you're wanting to support my work on a deeper level please visit my patreon i have two tiers both play host to in-depth monthly videos and tutorials recipes based off ancestral nutrition, DIYs, patron-only Q&As, a community board, monthly giveaways, discounts, and early access to products and podcasts. If you're wanting to take it even deeper, my Wild Rose tier, which is priced at $25 a month, grants you the opportunity to become an affiliate for Of Forest and Human, meaning you get a personalized link to send to friends and family, and you earn a commission from their orders. You never have to buy anything from me and you can make money. This tier also comes with a one-on-one monthly call from me and bonus videos and tutorials. If you aren't already, please follow me on Instagram at of.forestandhuman and give this podcast channel a follow. Wherever you are listening in the world, I trust that you are here for a reason. Thank you for showing up and supporting my work. I can't wait to host you next time.